You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcast. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey guys, I'm Gailey Shore, and this is Too Much To Say. For this week's episode, I'm going to be drinking white wine because I'm feeling really fucking chaotic. So... TikTok has been really fun this week. I've been uploading some unreleased original songs. If you guys are interested in what I'm doing musically, TikTok's usually the best way to check it out. I post little choruses and verses of things that aren't released and just kind of see if you guys like them enough for me to think about releasing them. But (laughs) I put out two that are pretty aggressive and I'm feeling spicy. I don't know. I'm just, TikTok has me feeling spicy. But what I want to talk about this week is a question I've gotten asked a few times in interviews and definitely gotten asked by my friends. And the question is, when does me sharing my story turn into me oversharing someone else's? What right to privacy do the people and the characters in my life have from being written about in my art? And that's a very valid question. I have had to think about this a lot because... I put people's names in songs. I put places. I talk about my family. It's it's very, very obvious. If you follow me on social media and listen to my songs, you could pretty easily put together who some of them are about. I think I take a very different approach to it with my family than I do anything else. But before I released Open Book, I, I had to call them and kind of have a little bit of a chat with my mom and dad specifically and let them know what was coming. I sent my sister, Courtney, a skate before it came out. She's not, I don't sing about her on that, but like I wanted her to kind of give me her opinion. And honestly, a lot of my siblings really like the album because it's all stuff that they grew up seeing and watching and they relate to it more than anybody else on the planet because I'm singing about their parents too. But I would never put someone in my family on blast just for shits and giggles. Like I think 
you know, when I say I don't really like dating assholes, but I do it because I have a weird relationship with my dad on my song Gatsby. I know that that wasn't easy for my dad to hear. However, it's completely true. And it is no secret that I've had a strained relationship with him growing up. And now we're like in such a great place. And I'm so thankful to have my dad in my life. But it's not a secret, you know, like we spent a lot of time not talking. And so, you know, he was like, okay, yeah, we do have a weird relationship. We're working on it now, but it's the truth. And so I put it in a song, but I remember after open book came out, my dad was like, do I, do I really make you date assholes? I'm like, well, mm, nobody made me date assholes, but it certainly was an ingredient in the recipe for me dating a bunch of losers. I think there are some things in my family I wouldn't sing about. I think that some stories definitely belong a lot more to somebody else than they do to me. And even though I may have witnessed them, it's still not my place to share them. I think my approach to this is really just to be okay with writing about things that happened to me that affected me. And maybe there were a lot of other people involved, but it's still my story. And kind of the the price of doing something not great is the person you do it to might tell people you know and I think for me being a songwriter that comes with its own unspoken disclaimer that I'm not only just going to tell people but I might put it on an album so family is is definitely one thing when it comes to oversharing in my songs but I have a different policy when it comes to literally everything else. (laughs) I don't really know what my ex-boyfriend thinks of Open Book. The only thing I ever heard was him commenting on F.U. Forever. I heard this from a friend of a friend, and he said it was too literal. And I was like, well, that's that's not him saying it's not true. You know, like the only line on Open Book that isn't true is I never stole candles from a Catholic church. I had a bunch of them. I actually had a fan who's a priest send me some from his Catholic church the other day. That was really cool. They're like legitimate, really cool church candles, but I never stole them. That's just a line in lullaby. And that is literally the only line that is not true on that entire record. I might fib about candles, but I do not lie about people. So when it comes to my ex-boyfriend, I'm like, forgive me if I don't feel bad for you because A, I had been a songwriter the entire time we'd been together. So he knew, he heard my songs when we first started dating that were about my last boyfriend and how he, you know, had messed up and and whatnot or songs about how I messed up. And he knew that I, I sang about it and I wrote about it. He would come to my shows. It was not a secret. So if you know that about somebody, A, why would you cheat on them? I mean, I... I understand now that like that's how it had to happen, but why would you think I'm not going to write about it and I'm going to make an exception for you, especially when you fuck up like really, really bad? So I think he kind of handled it pretty well, honestly. I mean, the fact that we never talked about it was nice, but also the fact that like he's not running around talking shit. I think he definitely knew it was coming. I don't think it was going to be a secret. When we were in the process of breaking up, he did get upset with me because I posted, (laughs) this was like so middle school. I was, you know, in my twenties, but I posted a really sad, slowed down cover of should have said no by Taylor Swift on my Instagram story. And he was like, can you delete that? And I was like, no, 
I won't delete that. So he got more upset with me about a cover than he did anything else. But And then as far as other situations, like I dated this guy in LA and I wrote LAX about him and lying to myself as well as a few others. And he kind of always liked that I wrote songs about him, whether they were nice or not. Like he was definitely in on the joke and thought it was funny. And, you know, when lying to myself came out, he sent me this really nice text and it just made me super happy. And, you know, he's always been a good sport about it. And LAX, like I kind of roast him. I don't know if you guys have heard that one, but that one's on my TikTok too. And I think it'll be coming out this year. Fingers crossed. I like literally roast him in the song and he loves it. I mean, I think he likes the attention from people like commenting on it and trying to guess who it's about and stuff. So that's really funny. But some people don't take it badly at all when you write songs about them. I had a way too long stretched out situationship with this guy who out of it is about. And I would regularly get drunk and send him a song I'd written about him and not have a conversation, which is super like not mature and not a great way to handle conflict or emotions. And I would just be like, you know, I'd be like, I'm fine. And then I'd send him this song and it would just be like, you know, why don't you love me? Like shit like that. I mean, not exactly that, but like that was like a heavy undertone. Why don't you love me was like a major theme during that time in my life towards this guy. Bless his heart. To be fair, he also wrote songs about me though, but he didn't use them as a way to communicate. He just wrote them. So it's all right. I live, I learn. But what I really wanted to talk about on this episode, and this is what made me think of the idea, is I uploaded this song called Argentina on TikTok. And at the time of me recording this, it has, let's check, 56,000 views. And that's like a lot for TikTok, for sure. Um, I wrote it about my boyfriend's ex-girlfriend who... You know, I don't even need to explain it to you. Just go listen to the song and then I only talk shit in lyrics and I'm not going to like get on my podcast and put her on blast. But I (laughs) said a lot of things in that song that I felt and, you know, I think it's just disrespectful if you know somebody is dating someone to try to get back with them. I think that that's like baseline, bare minimum respect for other people. So I feel like she was really annoying and I wrote a song about it and also in I'm so glad that she broke his heart like for sure because I am so in love and I ended up doing really well but it's basically skater boy like the situation is literally skater skater boy down to the fact that she does ballet so it's hilarious so that's pretty much my life right now and so I'm really really glad that she took him for granted and didn't know what she had however knowing how amazing my boyfriend Sam is and knowing how like great of a boyfriend he is and he's just so fucking fun and I just really adore him knowing that she could just treat him like shit really pisses me off like the way that like you know if one of your girlfriends had a guy doing that to her you'd be pissed off it's just somebody you love getting mistreated and it's not cool and you know I get really protective I'm a super loyal person So a lot of it came from there. And obviously there's some sort of jealousy in there. I'm not going to be stupid and pretend there isn't. I mean, she's like a gorgeous ballerina and she's from Argentina and very mysterious. Like I'm not telling you I'm not jealous or I've never been jealous, but 
the big emotion for me when writing that song was how pissed I was that she had treated him like shit. And I know that that's kind of gray area when it comes to sharing people's stories because I've never met this girl. I'm never going to meet this girl. And she doesn't know me. She never asked to be put in a song. And the song is very detailed. And I don't know if she's seen it. She used to watch my Instagram stories like all the time. And I haven't checked to see if she does in a while because honestly, I just don't care anymore. But, you know, she might see it. And I don't know how I feel about that. And Sam doesn't know how he feels about that. But he loves the song like from the moment I wrote it because he really just thinks it's one of the best I've ever written. And I was like, hey, Sam, what should I upload on TikTok? He's like, I don't know. I feel like Argentina would be really good or Amy. And I was like, all right, Argentina it is. You suggested it. Here we fucking go. And so now 56,000 views later, sitting pretty. People like it. I'm really excited. And I also would like to clarify that I'm fully aware that I pronounced Buenos Aires wrong, but if you say Buenos Aires, it rhymes with Mary. So, you know, I had had to do it to him. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. I'm drinking this like six or seven dollar Pinot Grigio called Panetti Nate. It's really fucking good. Just a brief introduction. This is not sponsored. I'm just really enjoying this wine and I'm really enjoying the amount of money that came out of my bank account in order to enjoy this wine. 
I think $8 is the perfect amount to spend on nearly anything. Now, speaking of the song Amy that I just brought up, that is interesting territory. I think by the time that this podcast goes up, I will have uploaded this to TikTok. So I'm talking about this before I've done it, but I know I'm going to do it. And I wrote this song with Candy Carpenter, who's my best friend, and John Caldwell, who's one of my closest friends. I wrote a bunch of open book with both of them, and that's just a really safe space. I've had this thing on my mind for a long time because after my ex-boyfriend and I broke up, and I've talked about this in a lot of songs, like how he slept with my friends and whatever, because that was honestly worse than anything he did when we were together, was like how he acted after we broke up. And how these people who I thought were my friends acted. And that's just shitty. And obviously I have my song Alice, but that was more me like warning her because I care about her and, or, you know, cared. But this one is just angry because I'm just pissed. And at this point, like I'm over him. I'm not over this situation because I've never been treated this way by a friend and I've had some friend breakups. We did a podcast episode about this. I think I may have hinted to the situation, but moral of the story, I'd always suspected after we broke up that they had like hooked up because I like went to his office one time and she was there and she was acting really weird and she'd been borrowing my guitar for like a year. Like I literally let this girl borrow my guitar. I took her to see Katy Perry when I had pit tickets. Like I thought we were really good friends. I'd give her all my old clothes and like, I just, I thought we were friends and it had been like probably two years that we hung out and, um, I just, you know, really liked her and wanted to help her out when I could. So I let her borrow my guitar for a full year and she thanked me by hooking up with my ex-boyfriend and, writing an entire album about him, like partially on this guitar that I lent her. And so I figured out something was really wrong when she just gave it to a mutual friend to pick up. Like she was like, oh, I'm done with your guitar. You can go get it. So-and-so's house. And I was like, okay, that's weird. But I kind of just was like, okay, no, it's not that big of a deal. You're being weird, whatever. And I ran into her one time at a bar after him and I had been broken up for like six months and he was trying to flirt with me. And then I noticed he was over across the room talking to her. And obviously like I knew they knew each other. Like we all hung out when him and I were dating and he was like looking over her shoulder at me trying to make sure I knew that he was talking to her. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I was just drunk enough to be feeling extra spicy. And he goes to the bathroom and I just march across the floor at red door and I go up to her. And (laughs) this is my impression of me drunk saying this. I'm saying this because I'm your friend, but there is a chess game being played right now. And you are not on the other side of the board. You are on the board. You're a you're being played and and you should not be doing that and so like in my head I was like there's a chess game being played and you're not on either side you're on the board <laughs> like, I'm so fucking dramatic but I know that I was like and you're just on the board yeah <laughs> so anyways but she was like I don't know what you're talking about and I was like was I just like a psychopath who said that And then my ex and I got drinks. I know, I know it was a horrible idea. We got drinks like shortly after that. And I looked at him and I was like, I know about you and Amy. And he was like, 
what, what are you talking about? And I was like, I don't know. I just know about you guys. And he's like, how did, how did you know? And I was like, cause I'm psychic. And yeah, so full crazy pants there. Um, <laughs> Kaylee, that's called a gut feeling. <laughs> You're not Harry Potter. Calm down. So anyways, but I, so I kind of still wanted to believe that hadn't happened because it, I knew he was capable of that. I was like, fuck him, whatever. But I never thought that like this friend would be capable of that. So in my head, I was like, nope, I'm being dramatic. Never happened. It was different, Amy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. That whole thing with the chessboard was just me being stupid. Narrator, it was not me being stupid. Although this is my podcast, so I suppose I'm the narrator. Anyways, you get the point. Because during the very beginning of quarantine, when I was like full, like, depression, laying in bed, doing nothing, had had what felt like my entire career taken away from me. This is when we were all doing like really, really, really bad. Like I know that everybody's been doing bad during Corona, but this was like April when we were all like, what the fuck? And I see that she put out an album because it came up on my Spotify Discover Weekly. And I was like, I'm going to listen to this. I wonder what she's been up to. And I always thought her music was great. And then um, I make it about halfway through and there's a song with his name in it and it becomes increasingly apparent that the entire album is about my ex-boyfriend. And what blows my mind is I don't think he's interesting enough to have inspired so many albums and so many songs about him. It's just so funny how sometimes the music can be more interesting than the muse. But anyways, I actually kind of liked your album, aside from the fact that I had to listen to my ex-boyfriend's name in it and then kind of, I mean, I liked it. If I had not been personally involved, I would have liked it. But I, it was like two in the morning, my boyfriend was asleep and I was just sitting there in bed, just like so angry having just listened to this song. And I was like, I don't know where to put this anger. I don't know what to do about it. I can't like, I'm not going to text her. And then I looked and she had like blocked me on all social media. And I was like, what the fuck? And it was the weirdest thing. Cause aside from the chessboard comment, I had said nothing. And I was so drunk that could have meant anything that could have literally meant anything. So anyways, I wrote this song called Amy about it because I'm still pissed and I'll be honest about that. It sucks and I'd had the idea for the song for a while, but I finally found the way that I wanted to write it and it wasn't kindly. So I don't know, like, so, so my personal take with that and maybe I'm just making myself feel better about roasting this girl, but if you do something like that, and you're a songwriter, like you don't get to put my ex-boyfriend's name in a song that I introduced you to, you know, you don't get to put his name in a song and not let me put yours in a song. Fuck that. No, ma'am. So anyways, by now, I think Amy will probably be up on my TikTok. I hope you guys like it. Um, I doubt she will. So Thank you for listening to me, white wine bitch, here on Too Much To Say. You guys are amazing. Um, I think I'm going to be doing a QA and a episode coming up soon. So if you want to send in your questions, you can send them to info at KayleeShore.com, I-N-F-O at KayleeShore.com. And I'd just love to hear from you guys. And honestly, if you just have something you want to say, you can, uh, you can shoot it over there. But you guys have been amazing. Really, really enjoying everything about this podcast. Thank you for letting to me bitch. And uh, I'm Kayla Shore, and this is Too Much To Say. But don't go asking questions that you don't want answers to.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.